Hi, good afternoon, and welcome to the School of Serenity. We are being broadcast by Walk to Serenity and also by 4MTV. And our topic today is about attachment theory. I am your host, Kara Keem, and I am a psychotherapist, a Reiki master, and an author. And I've written a book, Discovering Your Wings, which talks about how my life transformed once I started following the voice of my intuition. I have a private practice helping to empower women and teach them how to tap into their power through the voice of their intuition. And I am so excited for our guest today. Please welcome Elizabeth Gallette. She is an attachment specialist and she is also a therapist and coach. And her practice supports clients in developing secure ways of relating and improving their relationships by breaking old patterns and establishing healthy connections with integrity. Elizabeth is also an author, which I am so excited to dive into her book. And she has written a workbook about attachment theory, and we're going to get into all of that today. Thank you for being with us and welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Kara. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you and have this conversation. It's just, it's such a joy. Yes, yes, I'm so excited. And we met way back. I mean, we were in some women's circles together. Mm-hmm. And then were you in the abundance group also? You were? Yes. yes. yes so we our started first. our private, our therapy private practices around the same time. Yes. Yes. I remember that. And yeah. so we were in a cohort to sort of learn how to start private practices and what to do. Yep. That's and then right. we ended up in some women's groups together, which yes, it's been so sweet to have all of these different. And I know we've we've talked about this before, but to have all of these different connections and yes. you know ways that we've been um, in touch through the years in our mm-hmm. community. It's so wonderful. Well, and I just love seeing how we've each evolved because I don't know that I specifically remember you being an attachment therapist when mm-hmm. we were meeting back then. Was that your mm-hmm. primary focus? So just at that time when we started connecting is when. I really started um, getting into this work as far as doing this work in my practice. I had known about attachment theory and I had been working on it in my personal life. Mm -hmm. That's around the time that I really started to bring it in professionally and really decided to um, commit to this work in in all of the ways. Yes. Yes. So tell me about it. How did you become the attachment therapist? How did this practice evolve into this? It started with your personal work, it sounds like. It did, as so many things do, right? And we know that as therapists, that so many things are about our own personal experiences and what we have been through. And then that leads us into the healing work that we do with other people. So um, I had definitely had challenges in in my romantic partnerships. I always felt so anxious and so ungrounded and so overwhelmed, right? Yes, yes, (laughs) I just felt like I was just like a balloon floating through space, you know, and just didn't feel grounded, didn't feel centered, just always felt nervous, anxious, worried, Um, always wanted to know and be sure about like, what is this relationship? What are we doing? Are we committed? Are we not? You know, it just felt it, it felt really dysregulating to my yes. nervous system every time I was in relationship. And so yep. I decided I needed to, I needed to shift that because I didn't want to live my life that way anymore. And, um, I was in the early stages of my relationship with my now partner of 11 years. Wow. Um, and, wow. Yeah, and so, and a friend recommended a book um, by Sue Johnson called seven conversations for, or hold me tight, seven conversations for a lifetime of love. Okay. And I read it and I saw myself 
so clearly for the first time. Mm. And it was just, it felt so mind blowing and so heart opening to see right. and understand, oh, this isn't, this isn't my fault. It's not because I can't be in relationships. It's not because there's something wrong with me. Right. It's because right. this is a pattern that I have learned throughout my life. And then that pattern, I then go and take it into the world and I relate to people in a certain way. Mm. I realize that there are ways that we we can shift that and we can change it and it doesn't have to stay this way. Right. And that was so, it was so empowering and yes. it just, it changed everything, honestly. Yes, yes, the light bulb's going off. Because yes. I definitely have an anxious attachment system and yes. it makes being in relationships really uncomfortable. And yes. it's supposed to be this beautiful experience where you're connecting yes. and bonding and relationships are hard. We all know that. Mm -hmm. But to be so anxious about them just really does disempower us. I oh, it, uh, that's such a good word for it too, because it really does feel like like you don't have any say, you don't have any control. Yes. And your nervous system is just running away, right? And you're having to run with it. And that doesn't, it just doesn't feel good. And so yes. learning that there were things that I could do and then you know, began my private practice and started taking, um, you know, deep dive trainings that were really around understanding the nervous system, understanding the attachment system, understanding the theory around this and, um, you know, learning how to work with it in a different way. And I just, I love it. I love it. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, I, yes. And I love what you do because it is so important. I think everyone should know about their attachment styles and attachment yeah. systems, whether you are married or dating, or it doesn't matter what your relationship Parenting. Parenting. Right? It's and you know this. <laughs> it's so true. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. funny how it carries over into parenting. It really does. And I feel like, again, I just, I can't emphasize enough that even if relationships feel hard for you, it does not mean that you can't change your style, yes. right? Like you have the power to shift things and there are tools and there are resources that you can access that can help you do that and help you feel more secure and safe yes. in relationships. Yes. Ah, I love it. I love it. So can you share with our audience about the attachment styles, just like a little overview so they learn what they are and they might be able to recognize themselves? Yes, absolutely. So again, this will just be, I mean, it's just scratching the surface. Right, right. I want to name that. If this feels like it lands for you at all, really start digging into, and I'm sure I can give you, Kara, some resources and, you know, really start digging into it and seeing seeing what you find and seeing what lands. So there are four primary attachment styles. And the one that all of us are really working toward is the secure attachment style. Yes. And the secure yes. attachment style, it can be, it can be, you know, something that you come across as you are growing up and something that you learn from your family or your caregivers. And we also can have what's called an earned secure attachment style, which means that you have dug in and done the work and you've really shifted how you relate to the world. So I just want to name that. So there are a That's couple- That's what I'm working towards. <laughs> same, same. And so many of us are, right? Right. And I also, I should have said this before, but most of us have all of the different styles to some degree. Yes. And we usually have one that's a little bit more predominant. And even if we are mostly secure, we probably have another sort of like slice of the pie. Um, mm -hmm. That's one of what we would call the insecure style. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, the secure style is really, 
able to relate to the world in a way that feels safe and grounded and centered. So it's like you can be in conflict with someone and that it might feel uncomfortable, but you feel okay about it, right? It's like, we're going to work through this. I, I trust that our relationship is going to be able to hold this and we're going to figure it out together. And you may feel a little discomfort in terms of, you know, being away from your partner or having space or not hearing back from them, for example. But yes. you're also in this place where you've learned to trust that people are doing their best and they're going to respond when they're able to. And, you know, so it's it's really rooted in trust and mm. groundedness and a sense yes. of safety in the world. Yes. Yes, which is so important. And when we did not receive that growing up, mm. you know, it's it's really hard to sink into trust. That's exactly right, which is such a beautiful segue into what we would call the insecure styles. So the mm. other three styles are what we would call insecure styles. And um, the, the most predominant one in, at least in American culture, mm -hmm. um, in the insecure styles is avoidant attachment. Oh, and so, yes. And so in avoidant attachment, essentially what has happened is in childhood, caregivers for whatever reason were maybe a little bit harsh. They were maybe emotionally unavailable. Mm -hmm. They were um, maybe really focused on achievements and accomplishments over mm -hmm you know, like relationship and feelings and engage right. in, in what feels like, you know, kind of vulnerable ways. Mm. And so without that emotional availability and with what we would call misattunement. So caregivers were not aware of like how you were doing internally. They weren't, they didn't see, for example, if you were struggling, they didn't see if you needed support. And so without that, we essentially learn the world isn't quite a safe place for me to be emotionally vulnerable and having right. feelings doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like I can be accepted fully for who I am as a person. And so we see this in relationships. It can be a little bit of like a, a coldness, right? Or a feeling of detachment or disconnect, yes. um, not because that person doesn't want to connect, but because connecting brings up all of these feelings that they remember very viscerally from their childhood. Mm. Yes. And those are the people that you think you have a great date and then they don't even call you back. And That's you're like, right. That's, That's right. very confusing. It's very confusing. Well, and it's interesting too, because I think that especially in our culture, there is, um, there's a lot around, you know, oh, don't date people who are avoidant. Don't do, you know what I mean? Like you can't have relationships or they're not available. And I just really, I have such a soft spot in my heart for people who grew up with this style because oftentimes they weren't given a lot of affection or that affection wasn't um, within their sort of boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. they weren't given, I mean, when I started learning that a lot of people who have the avoidant style didn't receive hugs, Growing up, like they don't remember getting hugs from their caregivers. Right. I just, my heart broke. Right. 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 So it's like we have to have, just like any of the styles, we have to have a model right. for how we do this and how we engage in relationships. And if our models never gave us hugs and they never asked us how we were doing or how we were feeling because it felt uncomfortable for them, right. then how would we ever know how to yes. do it? Yes. Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I've yes. had someone tell me they loved me and then they were gone. And I was like, no. wow, they just don't feel right. safe continuing to be yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. And, sure. and that doesn't mean they don't have work to do, 
right? But it's like there we all come by our attachment styles, honestly. That feels really important. Right. To right. Yes. Yes, okay. yes, 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 we do. And some people are up for the work and some aren't. That's right. And the ones that aren't, it's probably not yeah. going to be a long connection, I'd yeah. say. That's right. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think it's just, we have to be ready. We have to feel safe. We have to have a good therapist or we have to have a good resource for, you know, doing this work in order to feel ready right. to do it. Right. Yes. Okay. So avoidant. We all know avoidance. That's the avoidant style. Okay. <laughs> and then the next, the next most um, common style is the anxious attachment style. That's me. And that's really kind of what I was reflecting on earlier in the yeah. conversation. So this feeling of, you know, if you're one of those people who gets into a new relationship and you just kind of feel like you're going to be sick all the time, yes, <laughs> like yes. your stomach is churning and your thoughts are racing and right. you're checking your phone a hundred times an hour. Yes. Are they yes. going to call? Did they text? Did they email? Did they, are they going to, you know, it's yes. like that. You can just feel it. You can feel the anxiety sort of just like bubbling up. It's so unpleasant. It's, it's so, so uncomfortable. Yes, it's miserable. It really is. It is. And it just robs us of the joy, right? Mm -hmm. And the yes. excitement of a new relationship because we're so distracted by yeah. our fears of being abandoned. Are we right? safe? Are we safe? Are we safe? It's this are constant, we are, are we safe? And so much of this, I love that you're naming that because it's like so much of with the, so much of this style is really looking outside of ourselves and losing ourselves, right? So we're like, how are they doing? What's going on with them? Do yes, they like yes. me? Are they interested? Are they? And it's like, but are you? Do you like them? Right. Are you interested? How do you feel? Right, you right. Know? Oh my gosh, I went through this during my divorce and I was, I've never been so spun out in my life because when you're looking for some external validation of in your safe, if you're safe and you're not getting it, it is so dysregulating to the nervous system. Oh my goodness. And of course it is, right? Like right. that's how yes. we, I mean, our body is always going to do anything it can to stay alive and to right. survive, right. right? So we will do whatever it takes. And if we've yeah. learned in our early relationships that we can't stay with ourselves and check in, yeah. that we have to constantly be looking outside of ourselves at how other people are doing to get our needs met, wow. then we're going to, we abandon over and over and over again. Wow. So interesting. And these are the women who stay and you're like, why are you staying? Do you mm -hmm. find that to be true? Mm -hmm. Like, why are of you course. staying? Because it's their need for survival. Yes, that's right. And because so often with this attachment style, we lose our sense of self. Yes. Right? Like it doesn't feel, we don't feel like we get to mm -hmm. a relationship that doesn't feel good to us. We don't feel like we get to set boundaries. We don't feel right, like we get right. to see what our needs are and have them actually be met, right? Yeah. We might say our needs all the time, but we don't expect that they're going to be met. Mm. I just thought of something so interesting because I specialize in working with highly sensitive people and that's really mm. my whole practice. And I, I believe you are a highly sensitive person as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cause I am, I wonder if highly sensitive people are more prone towards certain attachment styles. Mm -hmm. Do you find that at all? I don't know. That's just yes. thing. You know, what's so interesting is at one point I thought that maybe HSPs were prone to being more on the anxious side. That's what I would guess. And I think that might be overall true, but I yeah. do think that sometimes if we have that 
real attunement to our environment, mm. it can feel like we need to shut down or pull away right. in order to protect ourselves. Interesting. Right? So it's really, it is really interesting to kind of just notice. And I think, you know, just like most things, anybody can be any right. style or, any, you know what yeah. I mean? But I do think that there are overlaps Yes. Seem very similar. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That just yes. popped in my mind. As yes, well. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yes. that's the anxious style and yes. many of us can relate to that. Absolutely. And then the least common style, but still extremely important to be talking about is what is called the disorganized attachment style. Mm -hmm. And so this style, um, the reason why we call it disorganized is because with anxious, it's kind of like that pursuing vibe, right? Like you're always pursuing, you're always wondering, you're always wanting more. Right, with the avoidance right. style, it's very typically like pulling back, shutting down, pulling away, yes. right? Kind of like deactivating your nervous system in order to maintain a sense of equilibrium. Mm -hmm. um, with the disorganized style, it's disorganized because there's not a typical way that that person is relating to other people. Right. I mean, they kind of have anxious and avoidant. They do. Like they have, have yes. So we would call it like a push pull dynamic, right? It's a double whammy there. It's like, it is. Oh, gosh. It is. And I love, I mean, just hearing you say that, I just have so much compassion for people yes. who have this style because essentially what happened is in their childhood with whoever was taking care of them, they feel they're their human drive to connect and want to reach out to their caregivers because right. their caregivers are supposed to keep them safe. Right, right. But the reality is that their caregivers were maybe unstable emotionally or unstable financially, or maybe they had mental health challenges, or maybe they had a substance use issue. Um, oftentimes in these situations, there can be emotional or verbal or physical violence. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's basically this feeling of like, I want to connect with you because that's how I'm wired, but right. I feel like I can't connect with you because I need to keep myself safe. Yes. And so we see this, like this, like push pull. It's like, here's your attachment system, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to reach out and connect and your survival system is saying, oh no, 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 no. You can't do that. Right. right? Like this person is not safe. And when those people are the people who are supposed to be taking care of us, Yes, a very mixed, scary, overwhelming message to yes. our systems. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the attachment systems, they all make so much sense. Yeah. And so obviously we want to all be working towards secure. Mm -hmm. Yes. Secure is what we're safe. all looking for. Yes. yes. And so yes. it's like, and I just want to name that it can feel easier said than done. Yeah, okay. right? it's like we really have to be aware of our emotional triggers. We have to be aware of what trips us up in relationships. Yeah. What are the things that happen? You know, is it like when your partner says, oh, I'm going to go hang out with my friends tonight or they say, oh, I need some space tonight. And I don't want to be with you. Does mm -hmm. that feel really overwhelming? Do you feel like, oh my gosh, they're going to leave me. This relationship is over. Abandonment. Trigger. You know? Yeah. Do you feel like you, you start relationships, you really want to connect with somebody. And as soon as it starts to get vulnerable, you say, oh, no, I can't do this. It's too much. I got to go. Yeah. Right. Yes. 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 Oh, goodness. I know. It's, it's such an interesting phenomenon. I'm like, why everyone should be studying this. Everyone should be learning about this because we're all in relationships of some kind. Absolutely. So do you have your workbook there with you? 
Can you so I have, do you want to, I have it over here on my shelf. Oh, bring it, bring it. I okay, let me go grab it. Share it with the audience. <laughs> so I'm assuming that this book is a tool and a strategy. Yes, attachment theory yes. works for couples. So yes. this is a way that people can work through these different attachment styles. Tell us yes. about your book. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been it's been so wonderful to put this out into the world. And, um, you know, it's really, I like that it's a workbook because I feel like we can gather all the information that we want to about attachment mm -hmm. styles. But right. until we're actually implementing that information yes. and applying it to ourselves and to our relationships, things aren't going to change, right. right? Because we're right. just, we're just processing it in our brains rather than actually bringing it to the relationship. So this yes. felt super important to create. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And so do you use this with the couples that you see in your practice? Oh, so, yeah. So it just came out. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so some of the activities I've been using for a long time, mm -hmm. um, and have seen people make a lot of progress with using these different strategies and, really applying what I feel like is a compassionate framework mm -hmm. right? because it's like you can, you can really look at attachment theory and be sort of um, harsh about it, I think, right? Just in the same way that people say like, oh, don't date avoidant people. Well, that's not, that's not how it works, you know? So I think we need to all be bringing a sense of compassion to our relationships. And that's when these tools and these strategies work the best. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Right. And so this is helping us move towards that feeling of security, like the different exercises and diving in. Obviously, who doesn't want to feel safe in the world and safe in their relationship? That's and right. so as we go through these different exercises, we're working towards that feeling of safety. Yes, definitely. And the whole idea is that when we're able to understand where our partners are coming from. And right. I mean, really attachment theory is not just about romantic relationships. No, right? no. We talk right. about it's everything. It's everywhere. Right. All of our relationships. Yes, it is. Um, it absolutely is. Right. And so when we understand where people are coming from and what their early experiences were like, I really do think it gives us a whole new way to view them. Right. And to understand why they're showing up in relationships the way that they are. And to know that we're all doing our work to try to feel safe because right. you're exactly right. Like we all deserve to have that. Right. Right. Yes. And so I would imagine it would help people have a more compassionate lens Definitely. for people who have a different attachment style. Cause I'm one of those people I'm like, stay away from avoidance. Like mm -hmm. I just know it makes me go crazy. Yep. Absolutely. Anxious right. and avoidant. You're like chase, 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 run, run, run. Chase, yes. And that's a very, I love that you're naming that too, because that dynamic is so common and so much more common than I think we even, mm -hmm. we even believe, right? Like it's out there all the time. And so for us to be able to understand, like, is my, the part of me that's anxious, you know, is that maybe triggering some avoidance in my partner? And how do we name that? Right. Mm -hmm. How do we be really transparent about that? And right. what does it look like to interrupt these patterns Yes. And be able to say to your partner, I'm actually really uncomfortable right now. And mm -hmm. what I want to do is run away or what I want to do is text you a thousand times. But instead, I'm just going to share with you that I'm uncomfortable. And how can we address this together? Right, right, right. Yes. And how powerful it is to be that vulnerable. Yes. And, and communicate. It is. it is. And we have to build a foundation 
in our relationships to allow for that level of vulnerability. Right. right? We don't want to just go bring it everywhere we go without feeling like, oh, I actually am safe to be able to communicate. Yes. In this way. Yes. It's just such an interesting thing. Can we, can different people bring out different sides of us? Because I have found in certain scenarios to be avoidant, you know, but even though I am definitely an anxious attachment style at my heart. Absolutely. 100%. And again, I think that's because we all have these different styles to some degree and every person is going to kind of remind us of someone else, or they're going to remind us of an experience we had in our childhood or one of our caregivers or our grandmother or something. You know what I mean? There's all these different things. And it's that feeling like when you're sort of drawn to somebody, right? When you meet them, right? it's what we we call the internal working model of attachment. So we have this um, sort of framework, this blueprint, relational blueprint on the inside. And we meet people who kind of fit in with that we can notice ourselves acting certain ways in that relationship where we're like, where is this coming from? Right. I right. And because it's not really about them. It's about our childhood. Interesting. That's so, so fascinating. And people really are mirrors for these different parts of Very ourselves, so. whether it's attachment or triggering or, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like Tara Brockway says, I love this. The medicine is in the poison. I love that. You know, someone can come along Mm -hmm. for this part of ourselves, show us something we might not like. And then the medicine is diving into that. That's right. Absolutely. And I think too, it's very interesting when people have been in relationships for a long time and then they realize, oh, I'm maybe have this style and my partner maybe has this style. And no wonder we're always finding ourselves in the same argument or the same, you know, feeling of disconnect. And I think that when we, you know, kind of share in the more mainstream media, when we say, well, don't date this attachment style, if you've been in a relationship for a long time and your partner is that attachment, right? Right. Right? Right? You're like, well, what am I supposed to do? And so that's where I think it's really important that um, we address this and we learn as much as we can, but this is not an emergency, right? Like we have, we have time to be able to shift these patterns and it does take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Oh, There's so many things that we can do to like bring in that felt sense of safety into our own bodies, into right. our relationships. And even if your partner is like, I'm not really interested in doing this work, there are lots of things that individuals can do, right? And even if you're an individual and you're interested in this work, you can totally pick up this book and do all the exercises. Yes, right. yes, right? absolutely. Yes. I feel like I'm already been preparing for years for when I get into a, my, my yep. long-term relationship. It's like, I've got to do this work now yep. and that will just make it more fluid when I'm in it. You that's know? right. That's absolutely right. So that's a great segue. What is a wonderful tip or a helpful tip that the audience can start implementing at home? Obviously they can mm-hmm. get your workbook and do the exercises, even if they're single, yes. which I am excited to do myself. And yes. what else do you recommend? Yes, absolutely. So I think it's really important that when we do this work, we get really clear and honest with ourselves about what our childhoods were like. And I know that that can feel, I just want to name that that can feel overwhelming, right? It can feel intimidating to do that. And I think that when it's kind of like the more, you know, right. When we have that clarity around, you know, what, what was my relationship like with my caregiver? Did I feel like I could fully be myself? Did I feel like I had to tiptoe around them? Did I feel safe when I was a child, you know, and do this with some support, right? If you don't have a therapist, then 
have a conversation with a trusted friend or your partner or whoever, or right. journal it even, right? Like taking some time to just journal, I think can be really helpful and getting honest mm -hmm. with ourselves about what our experiences were like. And then remembering that now we are adults, mm -hmm. right? We mm -hmm. have choices, we have resources, we have a very different life than we had when we were a child. And so yeah. we get to approach this um, in a way that's new and different and more resourced. And I think that yes. that mindset as you're doing yes. work is really important because we can yes. get lost sometimes and that's yes. so scary. It's so true. It's so true. And just nurturing that inner child. Yes. I have a friend in Asheville who wrote a book, Who's Running Your Life? And she says, we're all operating from like either the child, the adult, or the yeah. spirit at all yeah. times. Somebody's running right. our life. And like, right. how can we tap into that child when it's yes. taking the, for, the, for, the front seat? Yep, you know? totally. Right. And always checking in about who, yeah, who's here right now? Who's here right, right now? What do they need? Yes, yes, internal family systems, parts yes. work, right? Like yes. all of these things, I think, blend so beautifully together. They do. They absolutely do. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it's just making me think about my daughter as we're talking. I'm like, wanna? She's home from school. I want to run upstairs and hug her and like mm -hmm. make sure she feels validated. Because, I mean, do you do that as a therapist with your child? Or are you like, am I messing it up? Am I oh, doing it? You all know? the time, all the time. And I feel like I live and breathe this work, and I still don't do it perfectly. So. Oh. so be so gentle with yourselves, right? Yeah. Anything we can do. I mean, this is such a good opportunity to just like even send someone a text or an email and yes. say, like, I just want you to know how much I care about you yes. and how important you are to me. And, yes. you know, like these are the ways that we're just slowly building these foundations for mm -hmm. healthier relationships that are authentic and genuine and really feel connective. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Slowly building these relationships that are healthy mm -hmm. and connected and more genuine. I just love that. Yeah. Ah, beautiful. Thank you so much for joining oh. us today. I mean, this is a topic that applies to absolutely every human on this yeah. planet. Yeah. And so I'm just so grateful that you were able to take time and share about your work yeah. with us. I am just so honored that you invited me here and I, I could talk about it all day long. So yes. it's it's such a gift to be able to um, you know, chat with you and, and share more about this. And, and I love your Instagram post. Tell people how they can find you. you and connect with you and follow you. Oh, thank you so much. So my Instagram handle is Elizabeth.Gillette, G-I-L-L-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. Um, and I post lots and lots about attachment theory, relationships. Um, and then I have, I have actually two websites. So my coaching website um, and that's for people who are outside of the state of North Carolina and just yep. wanting to do um, work around their attachment systems and healing. That website is elizabethgillette.com. And then I also have um, my counseling web website, which is heirloomcounseling.com. And that has all kinds of blog posts and information from years and years of doing this work. So lots of different resources there. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's been Thank so you. lovely reconnecting. Thank you so much, Kara. I'm so happy to be here today. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.